Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Okay, Damon, maybe you can play the uh, intro for Bart Reed. How are you guys? It's time for the Basketball Insider in Arkansas. It's pure sweats, skills, and trainings. Bart Reed, made possible by Martin Orthopedics. With locations in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Cabot, and Hot Springs Village. Staffed with fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons and sports medicine specialists. For more information on the web, go to martinortho.care. Now... Here's Bart. I can see hey, why Rick. Randy. I can see why Randy calls that one of the longest introductions in uh, in the history of radio. So, it's long, isn't it? Yeah, that's really yeah. long. Okay, so Randy says uh, he's having trouble connecting. He's been at the uh, UA Little Rock rally here the whole time, and we had a, okay. had a blessing of having Sam Pittman on, and uh, we had. Gosh, it was really nice to get Justin Moore on for the last half hour, but now we have Bart Reed on. So, uh, what would you like? Now we can talk about the um, the the draft that's coming up in the NBA. We can talk about how they did at the combine. We maybe why don't we just start yep. with that? What what have you heard from the yep. combine? Four Razorbacks there. What are your observations? Well, so far I think Anthony Black has wowed people with his measurables and measurables height, weight, but how fast he is. I think he he did the shuttle run extremely fast. And all these guys that you're going to see, probably except for Ricky Council, have a plus wingspan, which is a big deal in the NBA. So, looks like Anthony Black's about a plus two, almost a plus three. So his 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 wingspan is about six seven six eight. His height is roughly six five, really six six without shoes on. Rick, I've never understood why you play basketball in shoes, but you measure without shoes. I don't think I understand that concept. Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Uh, none. So, yes, all these all these guys are, are looking good in the measurables. You know, I, w- I was pleasantly surprised. Jordan Walsh shot the ball extremely well with his mid-range. I say extremely well. Certainly, I think there were some built-in expectations that he's not a great shooter yet, but has potential to round out to be a very good, certainly mid-range shooter, if not behind catch and shoot behind the three-point line. And, of course, Nick Smith is not testing in the combine. He is doing the interview process right now, so he is, he is not testing. So we don't have any measurables on him. But I'll tell you, he's going to be 6'4 without shoes on, of course, 6'5 with shoes on, and at least a 6'8, 6'9 so wingspan. So a, a plus 3, plus 4, so that's solid. And probably the one that I, I would say underwhile, but probably the one that's getting looked over the most is Ricky Council. He, He's doing just fine. Of course, he gets invited to the big show. I think he's the thing that's going to hurt him, guys, is they're listing him as a forward. And I think that's going to come back to get him a little bit because he is undersized for that position. But certainly, hey, Rick, all four Razorbacks look good. I think they'll all be drafted. And certainly it's really a question of who goes first, Anthony Black or Nick Smith Jr. Everything you hear is Anthony Black's going to go first uh, of of the yep. Razorbacks. At least that's that's the indication right now. So, what did Nick Smith Jr. accomplish at the combine? Well, right now Nick is really he's prepared him. So let's let's talk about going in. I think all these guys are coming in prepared. Nick is coming in extremely prepared. Right now at the combine, what he's accomplishing is he's explaining himself in an interview process and just telling his methodology what he what. How what gets him going day by day. This is a process that NBA teams take a lot of stock in. They're going to spend a lot of time interviewing. 
They pay a lot of money for the questions. They're by design. They're trying to see if you can handle being a franchise-type player, being drafted in the top 15 picks. So certainly Nick Smith is interviewing. He's interviewing with a lot of teams. He's building and, and, and knocking down those personal workouts, those private workouts with teams. And so he's really kind of answering some questions, Rick, and we obviously know what the questions are. The big one, what in college happened in terms of production? And so those are questions he's going to have to answer. He's going to get them. And I think he's going to answer them pretty honestly, and I think it's going to be a non-issue essentially. And I think he will be drafted. I think he'll go higher than most people think. I'm, I'm saying he's going to go at 11 possibly 12, maybe even a little bit before that. Yeah, I think you're probably right in the neighborhood. 11 to 14 is what you see. But uh, to me, the biggest question that an NBA scout would ask is, why would you miss so many games? And he, sure. you know, he's going to have to have more than just a medical answer because uh, obviously we were speculating all year. You knew a whole lot more than we did. But you know, the question was, could he have come back sooner? And that, to me, is the question he's going to have to answer. Am I incorrect? Well, no, Rick, you're right. You're right. But I think really what they see it as was the knee not 100. Was it a knee issue or is it something else? Because I think the missed time is missed time, right? And I think that's ultimately what his response is to the inconsistent numbers. Guys, it's hard to play at a high level, especially what the the Razorbacks competition they're playing at, when you don't have the games and the game repetition. It doesn't matter how great you are, still – a different game, different speed of the game from high school. So certainly he will have to answer those questions. But, Rick, I think the big question is, is the knee a problem ongoing or mm. are we finished with that? Is yeah. that that's, that's the real question when it comes to NBA teams right now. Is that an issue or is it not an issue? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think the knee being sound is number one. Number two, uh, if, it, if it is, did you miss more than you should have? Because you think about durability – they play 82 games, and then they yeah. play playoffs. And yeah. you have to say, and, and these days, even the superstars will sit a few games during the season because it's such a long season. But, you know, you see the guys that if, you miss, if you're going to miss 20 or 30 games, that's a bigger quest than if you're going to miss four or five. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I think what, you know, Rick, when you're looking at the NBA, it's such a grind. And this is where I think body – not necessarily frame or muscle size. This is where Anthony Black, I think, is really showing some NBA scouts. Being his size at 210 pounds, that's not a slight guard. So he's going to can play the point guard spot, but really take some knocks and I think take the day-in and day-out pounding of the NBA. Now, Nick Smith certainly broad shoulders. I think he's got more opportunity to put on some weight. But obviously, Nick a little bit slighter at, at 185, 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. But certainly, Rick, durability is a big deal. Joe Johnson told me one time, your best ability is availability. Mm. Wow. Very, 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 very important, obviously. Whereas you look at Anthony Black, played all season, even though there were times he certainly wanted 100%. To, to me, that, that speaks – highly of him, and I would have to think the NBA people would be very impressed with that. Yes, they're impressed. Really, when you get to Anthony Black, the one just it's it's the 800-pound gorilla in the room is his shooting. So, right at 30% is what he shot for the year. Now, 
what they consider a knockdown shooter in the NBA is really irrelevant because he's not around that number. But let's say this, it's 42 43%. That's what they would consider knockdown J.J. Reddick, Steph Curry type of shooting. So at 30%, he's not close, but can he develop to an NBA shooter? A lot of the NBA front office executives will tell you, if you put reps in, you'll become a decent shooter. So what they want to say by decent is 30, 36 37%. If he could get around that number, then they would love him, and I think he's a day-in, day-out superstar in the NBA. But the question is, can he get to that number? Now, the spacing gets better in the NBA, but I think the defensive scouting reports also get a little bit better. So it's kind of a give and take. And when you're talking about 36 to 38%, are you talking about from three-point range, right? Because From three-point you know, range. Yeah, that, yep, you, that's exactly right. That's exactly if you're right. talking about 12 or 14-footers, they, they want you to shoot better than that, correct? Ab- absolutely. But now, Rick, we're in the NBA time, so here's the problem. They don't want 12 or 14-footers for 90% of the teams. They want threes or late. Yeah. And, yeah. and listen, this is the new game. So last year I went and watched Dallas and Memphis. There were 24 three-point shots taken before the second layup was taken in the game. That's oh my gosh, humorous. really? Oh, absolutely. So, so the best shot in basketball is the corner three. So Golden State Warriors will pass up a layup for a corner three, and they're not the only team. So the 12 to 14 foot shot is devalued drastically in the NBA. Wow. Now I don't necessarily agree with that, but certainly what Anthony Black has is at that size, he can jump up and pass or shoot and get out of trouble. And, guys, that's a big, big benefit to an NBA team because it's not a turnover. Well, great. He can jump up and pass, and a guy can get a layup. Well, but they don't want layups. They want three-point shots. No, Good grief. Well, they'll take layups. They'll, Rick, they'll take layups. <laughs> they'll layup take or three. Layups. <laughs> they don't right. want the mid-range 15-footer. But. My gosh, that that's just amazing to think about, and I, I don't watch enough NBA basketball to have to to know. I'm sure you're exactly accurate in what you're saying, and that's why you look at teams like the Warriors with their three point shooters are great winners. And now you look at Boston. I know Tatum is a is a good three point shooter. Um, yeah. Hey, when you said great three point shooters in the 43, 44 percent, how many of them are there in the NBA? Because that that truly is great shooting. If you can knock down yeah. in the 40s from three-point range. Not me. Not me. Not me. If, if, if you're finding a shooter, and this is why I think Isaiah Joe has been in a position, Rick, where he went from no minutes to in the rotation and is potentially at OKC looking to be a starter, his ability to shoot the basketball because there's not that many players above 40%. You might have – one or two on each team, but that is a very high-priced commodity, especially if you're talking about coming off a pin down, so that's off a screen, without movement, without or with movement, with no dribble. Certainly that is a valuable commodity to have, both on the left and right side, and then anything that you can take in transition, but shots off the dribble are hard to make. So finding a 43% shooter is not an easy thing, Rick. There's not very many of them, that's for sure. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when they first put in the three-point shooting, uh, the field goal shooting, you quickly could figure that if you if if you could make 34% of your three-point shots, you could beat a team taking 50% of its two-point shots on an equal number of shots. 
But right. you had to make, but you had to do that, and that's considering the other team doesn't shoot any threes. So that's yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's a it's a percentage game. Okay, Bart, we'll hang with us. Randy's yes, disappeared, sir. obviously. You and I will carry the last segment of the show, and we'll be back with that right after this. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios, where it's much like any of the seven Eat My Catfish locations, minus the always fresh, delicious food options like the family-packed catfish dinners. You've got Drive Time Sports locked in on the Buzz Radio Network. Here is Randy Rainwater. Okay, Drive Time Sports here on the Buzz Radio Network. I'm not sure what happened, but um, for about 30 minutes there, we could not get a connection. But thanks to Damon, I think we were able to solve that rather rather quick. You know, guys, I'm, I'm going to be hoarse because I feel like I've got to yell because there's so much noise in here. But, um, well, you know, I still wouldn't challenge Barton a game of horse. I think he would still beat you, even if you're horse. Uh, he, you know, whether or not it's H-O-A-R-S-E or H-O-R-S-E. I think I'm going to go H-O-A-R-S-E. Where'd that come from? Gee, Randy. Even Damon. Damon. You got Damon, Damon too, back well, in the studio. It's ridiculous. Why, why, why are you picking on me, Damon? I just gave the... <laughs> there's two different that wasn't for you. That no, wasn't no. for you. Oh, Thanks okay. a lot, Thank Damon. You. Hey, by the way, okay, so we've been talking about all the guys' uh, pro prospects in the hold NBA. Hold on, hold on, Rick. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Right. Okay. It's time for the Basketball Insider in Arkansas. It's pure sweats, skills, and trainings. Bart Reed, made possible by Martin Orthopedics. With locations in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Cabot, and Hot Springs Village, staffed with fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeons and sports medicine specialists. For more information on the web, go to martinortho.care. Now, here's Bart. Well, Randy, we did play. We, hey, we played that earlier. And oh, did you? Played okay. it twi- okay. Yeah, played it twice in the yep. same show. Leaves us with no time left to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Rick said no. that, not me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so right. hey, okay. So Bart, um, yeah, yep. we've talked about the guys that are going to be going. We now think Jared Walsh probably is going to go uh, to the yep. NBA. Is Devo Davis pretty certain that he's going to come back? You yep. think? Devo. Yeah, Devo Davis. Devo Davis is back. And really the question gets to be the Texas situation with Ron Holland and does he is he let out of the you know, they have thirty days to decide. Is he let out, does he come and fill out that last spot if Jordan Walsh leaves? So but yes, I think Devo Davis is back, which I felt certain and stayed with that the whole time and then you just got really one more question. But it, it certainly creates some clarity to the line. Bart, are you hearing the same thing I'm hearing? And that is the G League is making a strong, strong push for Ron Holland. I don't know if the timing, because he is kind of in limbo right now, if that will help the G League. Hopefully it will actually hurt the G League. But still at the same time, are you hearing that the G League is making a strong push with Ron Holland? Yeah, how could could you not, guys? Because right now is the perfect opportunity. Again, there's this... 
the D League and the college now can kind of compete in certain ways. Uh, they, they want to pretend like they don't, but they do. And Ron Holland now with the issues with Texas, they're saying, hey, make those troubles go away and come to the D League. And certainly that is an option. And if you give a young man like future NBA talent like he has, the only thing that's keeping him back right now is adding 15 to 20 extra pounds and a little bit of skill, which he certainly will do. But uh, it's hard not to blame him if he didn't go – if he chose to go that route because of just the question marks with his release with Texas. And I can't believe they're really doing that. I think this is recruiting suicide for the University of Texas. Could even happen if they to do, a better it, program. Yeah, you're talking about even if they do give him a release because they've yeah. taken so oh, long to do it. damage is done. Listen, yeah. listen, they will never be able to live this down to another basketball recruit again. There is no reason that they can name in a living room to a mother and or father that makes any sense why you do this to a young man. Damage done. Wow. Well, good. So what does your gut tell you, Bart? I mean, do you you think the G League can can make a strong enough push in spite of um, the the limbo that's going on? Do Do you think they can make a strong enough push that Ron Holland says, I'm going that direction. I'm tired of this mess. I do. I do, especially considering the fact that he's kind of been able to miss a lot of the hoopla going into it. But here's really the question. Did he have an NIL situation? Was one promised to him? Is that greater than what a G League contract could be? The average pay in the G League, guy, it's not a secret. It's between fifty and 70000 Now, that doesn't mean you can't get more. It doesn't mean you can't get less. But certainly that's the average pay. Now, I certainly think he can be entered in the regular draft certainly the next year or go and be moved up. So I don't I don't think that's a problem. But if he had a big NIL situation, that's the only thing that could uh, destroy his opportunity to go to the G League. How, it much, how much weight does that carry with the situation that occurred with Nick Smith Jr.? And I'm not talking just about recovering from the injury, but I'm saying by going to Arkansas, you get the feeling it didn't hurt him that much with this NBA upcoming draft, except for maybe instead of the top five, he's going to be in the top 13. Yeah. Yeah, so so certainly this is what, you know, and I, I mentioned Joe Johnson earlier, so when you, when you had a chance to talk to Joe, you really say, hey, what's the difference between the number 11 and number 12 pick versus the number 3 to 4 or 5? And, you know, his response was, well, about $20 million. Uh, and wow. that's over the life of the first-year contract. Wow. So let me say this. According to Nick Smith, Randy, and I think you're right, doesn't hurt him that much at all. A lot of recruits see this already as college is a very risky proposition. It's a risky proposition for a number of reasons. Play style of play, injury. It can cost a player if they do not go to the right spot and right situation and there's no crystal ball. No one has it. So certainly you have a situation like Ron Holland. He can go and go to the G League and he's expected to take his knocks, but he gets that individual skill work that they don't have at the college level. And so it buffers him a little bit from the Knox in college. That's why you could see Terry on Burgess, an Arkansas kid, go a G League path versus college because he's going to 
development, they get the money, and they're already in that NBA path. Wow. So that's, that's, the, just latest, that's the latest threat. Khalil Ware was a projected top five pick coming out of North Little Rock, top ten pick, even at the McDonald's All-American game. I talked to three NBA front office teams that loved him in the top 15, and now he's not even in the draft. That's how much one year of college can affect a player of that caliber. They have a lot to lose. I was just thinking, though, with Ron Holland and how Nick Smith, by going the collegiate route, on the other hand, might help a school like Arkansas compared to the G League because – Yes. The value is there at the University of Arkansas XYZ school. And then when you throw in the NIL situation compared to that fifty to 100000 you were talking about with the G League, to me it almost makes it a no-brainer. Now, that is if you can put together an NIL package that can far exceed what he might get in the G League. Well, Randy, that's right. And listen, that's why we saw the Sheboy stay another year at right. Kentucky. If, if Kentucky right. puts a package like a million dollars plus, like you can't beat that. And listen, I don't think Devo Davis beat his G League contract with his current NIL situation either, and that's why I always said I thought he was safe. All right, Mark, we are out of time. Thank hey, you, Mark Reed, pure sweat basketball skills.